Hello and welcome to Alessandra's Angle, a show about positivity and self-improvement. We'll be featuring a variety of topics from motivation and inspiration to life hacks and leadership insights. I'm Alessandra Cavaluzzi and I'll be your host for this podcast. Join me each month for tips and information on how to transform your reality for the better. It's never too late to change the path that we're on. And there's no better time than now to rewrite your story. Are you ready? Great. Then let's get right into today's show. Hello and welcome to episode five of Alessandra's Angle. Today we're going to be talking about the topic of mindfulness. I really am looking forward to this, discussing this with you because I find it to be very timely. Again, I don't believe in coincidences. And I think that this topic is really one that will benefit us all during this time where we are coming out of a pandemic, the COVID-19 lockdowns. Many of us are beginning to go back to work and preparing for possibly schools reopening and many other activities starting to take place again. And there's a lot of uncertainty around these activities. There has been a lot of stress during lockdown. And now as we come out of it, uh, mixed feelings, everyone is sharing optimism at finally coming out of the pandemic, a little fear with regard to some areas seeing a resurgence of cases, as well as uncertainty and a little bit of stress around whether or not we should be going back to school and back to work, etc. So A lot of stress, a lot of worry around that, about the unknown, about the future. And so it really is perfect timing because mindfulness is a great tool to help us to handle stress and to keep us focused and grounded in the here and now. So I'm going to start off with the definition of mindfulness for those who may not be aware. Uh, Mindfulness is defined uh, by Merriam-Webster as the inclination to be aware, the uh, being present, being attentive, bringing your attention to the here and now. Why this is so important is because as humans, human nature, we tend to be wrapped up in things uh, in two ways. Either we tend to focus on or live in the past, reliving or rehashing something that may have happened a falling out that we had with someone or something that didn't go our way. We usually think back to it and we tend to rehash or replay the situation in our mind and keep beating ourselves up over a situation over and over. Or we're nostalgic and we live in the past and wish for a time or a place or a person that we once knew and wish that things had gone differently. The flip side of that is we also tend to obsess about the future sometimes and worry about things that might happen, the unknown, what if, will play out scenarios in so many different ways and obsess over or stress over things that haven't happened yet and likely will not happen. So what mindfulness does is it helps us to stay centered and focused on what we are doing right now on today. Because the issue with living in the past or obsessing about the future is that it robs us of our true present and it keeps us from engaging in the moment that's right in front of us. 
We obsess about things that we can't change or things that haven't happened yet that likely won't happen. And what we're doing is we are not living our days fully. We are wasting our days away, stressing over things that we can't control when we can be taking that energy and applying it productively to the here and now, because that is what we can control. Again, mindfulness is the practice of purposely focusing our attention on the present moment. And most importantly, on accepting it without judgment. This is a practice that has been around for a very long time. In fact, there are many different faiths that use mindfulness as part of spiritual practice in meditation. And this thought of being present, being mindful is now being examined more scientifically for the benefits that it brings both psychologically, physically, and to our overall well-being. And what's been found is that mindfulness through lots of research and Harvard Health actually did an article on this entitled The Benefits of Mindfulness, Practices for Improving Emotional and Physical Well-Being. What's been found through these studies is that mindfulness is a key element to stress reduction and overall happiness. So some of the ways that I'd like to talk a little bit now about the health benefits And then I'm going to walk you through some practical applications of mindfulness, how you can apply this philosophy and practice to your life to help you both in your personal well-being, physical, mental well-being, help you with work, at work situations, and just overall to help combat stress and handle also emotions that sometimes tend to influence our actions and make us do and say things that sometimes we wish we hadn't said and done. And again, bring undue stress into our lives. So let's start off with the benefits of mindfulness as far as overall well-being. When we focus on the here and now, it makes us less likely to get caught up in worries about the future or regrets over things in the past. We're less preoccupied with concerns about success and self-esteem, and we're better able to form deep connections with others. There was a book written years ago by Dale Carnegie entitled How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. It was a bestseller. It continues to sell copies, tons of copies, because the philosophies that Dale Carnegie laid out in his book way back then, I think it was published in the 1940s, if I'm not mistaken, thereabouts, but they still apply today. And there's a piece in there that has to do with worry and actually talks a bit about what we call mindfulness today. Carnegie talks about living life in day-tight compartments, meaning living day-to-day and only worrying about what's happening today because that's all that you can control. In fact, what the research found was that of all the things that we worry about, only 8% of those things actually happen. So think about that. Most of the things we worry about never happen. In fact, 40% of the things we worry about never happen. And 30% of the things we worry about already happened. And so we can't control that. So again, it goes to show that living in the here and now is important because that's all we can control. And if we spend time worrying about things that haven't happened yet or obsessing over something that happened already that we just can't change because it's already done, then we're wasting all that energy and all that time and our days are being filled with things that 
we have no control over. And it's, and it's detrimental to our health because we're stressing over something that we can't control. So mindfulness improves well-being, the physical health, uh, in ways that studies have shown it helps to relieve stress because, again, we're not worrying about things we can't control. It helps to lower blood pressure, helps to improve sleep because that goes without saying. If we're not stressing, we're sleeping better. It has also been shown to alleviate gastrointestinal difficulties. And again, that must be tied to the stress factor because when you stress, it also implicates and impacts your body. And it also helps with our mental health in that mindfulness meditation helps to treat depression, anxiety disorders, obsessive compulsive disorders. Psychotherapists have also turned to it to help treat problems such as substance abuse, eating disorders, and also conflicts in relationships between spouses, significant others. So there's a lot of benefit. There's a lot of research and data to back this up. Lots of studies have been done about it. It's very important that we keep that in mind and that we try to strive to be mindful as much as possible. So it isn't something that's difficult to do, but it's definitely something that requires practice. I can personally speak for myself in saying that I've been making a concerted effort to live more mindfully over the last several years. And I've noticed that it has definitely had an impact in the way I view situations and how I handle stress. Now it's hard. It's not easy. And everybody, you know, from time to time I do laps back and do have, you know, those moments where I let a situation overcome me. But I have to say that I have noticed the time that I stress over something is significantly shorter than it used to be. There was a period of time years ago where I could obsess over something in the past or, you know, that happened that I wish hadn't happened that way. I would let it eat away at me for a while and it's very stressful. Or if I had something coming up in the future, say a speaking engagement uh, or something work-related that I had to give a big presentation, you know, my mind would go off on tangents in all different directions and what if I bomb, what if I fail, what if they laugh at me and obviously it's something that never happened, never came to pass, but I would let it bother me and I would think about it and I would obsess over it and it would make me very nervous. Whereas now I'm able to identify that as just fear and let it go and realize that it's likely not going to happen. I actually did have a situation years ago where I was speaking in front of a group of 500 or 500 plus um, human resources executives down in uh, Manhattan. And I had to give a speech about corporate social responsibility and how it's important to companies. And in preparing for that, uh, I was getting stressed. I was starting to worry about it. I mean, it was a big crowd. It was 500 plus people. Uh, It ended up being many more than that, standing room only. Uh, But I was worried about it leading up to it. And I started, it started to really eat away at me. And I started thinking, What if I, you know, every possible bad scenario you could imagine I was thinking of. What if I trip up the steps and fall flat on my face? What if I forget what I have to say? What if I open my mouth and no words come out? What if they think I sound ridiculous? I mean, you couldn't even imagine the things I was thinking. And then at one point I stopped myself and I said, you know something, I'm thinking about something that hasn't happened. I'm getting myself worked up over something I know is not going to happen. So I identified what I was feeling as fear, just the jitters, and I let it go. 
And every time the thought would come into my head, I would just think to myself, this is just the jitters. It's nothing. This is not going to happen. And I would let it go. And it really helped me to gain control of the situation. And of course, I gave the presentation. It went extremely well. It was well received. And what I feared never happened. So that's my personal little tidbit sidebar on how I use mindfulness in helping me to stay in the present moment and letting go of whatever thoughts, redirecting my thoughts in a positive way. But let me get into some of the other techniques that you can apply. That's one thing that you can do. Uh, and it's called emotional mindfulness, which I'll give you a little bit more on in a, in a minute here. Emotional mindfulness practice is basically just identifying, as I just explained, what the emotion is, labeling it, accepting it without judgment. In other words, not judging yourself for feeling it, so if you feel afraid about something, just say, this is just fear and not saying to yourself, I'm ridiculous for being afraid. Why am I afraid? I can't believe I'm doing this. You know, don't judge yourself for feeling it. Just recognize it as this is fear and I'm going to let it go. I'm just going to let it go and redirect my thought to it's not going to happen. I'm going to do great and just letting it go. So identifying the emotion and even positive emotions. Get into the habit of doing it. If you feel happy, say, this is happiness. This is me feeling happy and it's because this, this, and this, and let it go. And so when you start labeling emotions, it kind of diffuses them and then you can release them more efficiently or easily. The other type of mindfulness meditation is sensation. Noticing your body sensations such as if you feel a tingling in your fingers or your hands or, uh, you know, an itch on your arm or a pain in your leg, focusing your mind on that or sitting quietly and doing a whole scan of your body saying, okay, starting from your head, what are the sensations you feel in your head? What are the sensations you feel in your chest, in your arms, in your hands? It just brings your awareness to the present moment. Another type of mindfulness practice if you feel stressed or you feel your mind wandering, sit quietly if you have an, the opportunity to do so and focus on your breath, your breathing, breathing in, breathing out and letting your mind just focus on the rhythm of your breathing. It centers you. It keeps your mind focused on the breathing and prevents you from wandering from your mind wandering. And if you do this, breathing in and out is also very relaxing. So it helps you to calm in a stressful situation. This comes in handy at work as well. If you're having a stressful day at work, I've done this, close your office door or go someplace where it's quiet, a conference room, and just sit for a few minutes, breathing in and out and focusing on your breath. It's an easy meditation to do. You don't require a long time. It doesn't require sitting still for 15 or 20 minutes. A few breaths in and out, focusing for a minute or two, will help you to calm and diffuse the stressful situation. It's always good to take a step back and to breathe, literally uh, take a breath before saying or doing something that, that might escalate a situation. So good practice to do that. If you like, some people like to add a mantra to their breathing meditation. So you breathe in, breathe out, and recite a mantra at the same time. A mantra is a spiritual invocation, a prayer, a saying, so a word, something that helps you to keep focused. One of my favorite mantras is Om Shanti Om, which is for world peace. 
and I will recite it while I'm meditating or while I'm even doing tasks during the day. And it just helps keeps my mind centered and keeps it if I find myself wandering thought-wise into areas that uh, are a little bit stressful. It just helps bring me back and it helps me calm. And at the same time, uh, saying that mantra over and over puts that peaceful energy out into the world, which is something that we certainly can use today for sure. Another technique uh, that is good to do as another for a way to practice mindfulness is sensory mindfulness. And this is focusing on the senses, noticing the sights, the sounds, the smells, the tastes, and touches, and actually naming them. So if you're looking at something, saying that's sight, if you hear something, it's sound. If you taste something, labeling it taste. Um, Easy to do while you're eating, to be more mindful. Focus on the texture of the food, the taste of the food, the flavors, what you're experiencing when you're eating it. How does it make you feel when you're eating this food? Do you feel good? Notice the emotion. This is a happy emotion. Why? Because I'm eating something delicious or this was something that was made with love by your significant other or someone that you care about, your mom or somebody in your family. And you think about that and it helps just to bring your mind again, focus to the present moment. If you're out and about walking in nature, uh, another way to be aware of the present and be in the present, look at the things around you. What are you looking at? Look at the colors, the sights. Um, if you hear sounds, are there birds chirping? Do you hear an airplane overhead? Are there cars passing by? Do you hear a dog barking? These are ways that you focus your attention on the now. You can focus on your breathing. Again, if you're running, focus on your breathing or the your footsteps while you're walking. Um, one thing that I like to do that helps me to stay aware while I'm walking and the same time keeps my mind from wandering again is to just identify the different sounds that I'm hearing while I'm walking. So I may hear birds chirping and at the same time I hear a car passing by and I'll actually say in my mind, birds chirping, car, or if then, and then every new sound, I'll add it to the inventory of sounds. So it'll be birds chirping, car, dog barking, if there's a dog barking nearby. Now, why is this good? First, it keeps you, again, focused on the here and now, but then it also keeps you from being distracted insofar as your surroundings, and it's good for safety. So if you take inventory of all the different sounds that you're hearing, say you're on a walk in a trail somewhere, in a park, and you hear birds chirping, you can focus on my footsteps, you know, so birds chirping, my footsteps, wind rustling in the trees, and then you hear a dog barking. Well, that's a new sound that wasn't there before. So it'll make you look around and say, okay, where's the dog? Or second set of footsteps is now on the trail. You can turn around and look and see if there's someone else around or behind you. Anytime you notice a different sound that wasn't there before. And it's easier to do this when you're mindful and you're labeling every sound that you're hearing, because if you're distracted thinking about the past, something in the past or something that angered you or worrying about something in the future that didn't happen yet, likely you're not going to hear all of the things or be aware of everything the way you would be if you're centered and focused on your surroundings. So it's it's important even from a safety standpoint sometimes to practice mindfulness. I do it all the time when I'm out walking somewhere, especially and I'm alone. Uh, I will do that practice of labeling different sounds and things for both reasons, for the benefit of just being present and also for being hyper aware of my surroundings. So just another thing to keep in mind. 
so these are the different techniques and things that you can do to help stay mindful in the present. And I think, again, especially now with so much worry and uncertainty in the future with what could happen coming out of the lockdown and COVID, I think that practicing mindfulness is especially important now to keep us from stressing over things that we are not able to control. And it's very easy for our minds to go to very bad places, especially when we're dealing with the pandemic. So staying focused helps us to stay healthy, helps us to keep from being overly stressed and at the same time to care for ourselves, for our families, for our children, and overall for our mental and physical well-being. And it's relatively easy, but it does require practice. So it's not super hard. And so what I would uh, say is, If you like one of these particular ways that you can practice mindfulness, pick one and then start with that. So maybe start with the breathing exercises and the mantras and then move on to other things. And you can incorporate a number of different ways into your life. Even something simple as while you're cooking dinner, focus on the task at hand, what you're doing. I'm chopping vegetables right now. I'm cooking pasta right now you know, focus on the aromas in the kitchen, right? Or even something as, as simple as washing the dishes. Focus on your the act of actually washing the dishes. How does the water feel on your hands, the temperature of the water, the suds, the soap suds on your hands? How does that feel? You know, gardening, the feel of your hands in the dirt. Focus on that, the cool dirt, um, the, the look of the plants, the colors. What are the plants you're looking at? The texture, the flowers, the scent of the flowers in your garden. There are so many ways to bring your attention back to the present moment that are simple, but yet very powerful, very effective in helping us to redirect our thoughts to a positive place and helping us to de-stress and get a hold of those emotions that sometimes can overpower us, fear, anxiety, depression. There's so many ways that we can help to manage that, okay? So I will be posting links to... The Harvard paper that I mentioned, the Harvard Health paper that you can actually print as a PDF, there's a lot of great information there, as well as links to books and meditations on mindfulness and the practice of mindfulness. There are mindfulness meditations from famous people like Deepak Chopra uh, that guide you through the practice of mindfulness. There is a great book called The Miracle of Mindfulness by Thich Nhat Hanh, who is a famous Buddhist monk. Uh, He's a writer and also a peace activist. And you may be familiar with his work, wonderful books, the one on mindfulness I happen to really love. So I will post the links to all of these uh, things, as well as the Dale Carnegie book that you can find. I've read that many times, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. It's an awesome book. The philosophies and the principles are timeless. They're just as relevant today as they were back then. In fact, you know, the Dale Carnegie Institute still exists today, and they use that that book as well as many of his other books uh, to help people in the business world to handle stress, but also it can be applied in uh, day-to-day life as well. It's, it's universal in its effectiveness. So get started, start practicing. And again, to recap, mindfulness is very important in helping us to manage stress. It has mental benefits in helping us to cope with depression, anxiety, issues that can really take away from our health, as well as physical benefits. Uh, Scientists have found that it helps to lower blood pressure, 
improve sleep, help with heart disease, improve gastrointestinal issues and chronic pain. So lots of benefits, important to practice, practice, practice. Don't beat yourself up over it if you lapse or if you start to go back to stressing over things. It takes practice, years of practice. This is something that it's not going to flip a switch and you're going to change overnight. But the more you practice, the better at it you'll get. And practice just redirecting your mind gently to the positive, to the sensations in the present. When you start wandering into daydreaming or obsessing over what could possibly happen, just remember that only 8% of the things that we worry about actually happen. The rest, we either can't control, never happened, or they're not really things that are worrisome at all. We're just, you know, sometimes making mountains out of molehills, right? So keep that in mind. Only 8% of the things that we worry about actually come to pass. So don't stress over things that you can't control. Live in the here and now. As Carnegie said, live in day-to-day compartments. Only worry about what you can worry about today, what's happening today, because that's all you can control. And keep trying, keep practicing, and you'll find that practice, as they say, makes perfect. Okay, that's the end of our chat for today. I hope that you've enjoyed it. I hope that you are all doing well and faring well during these uh, uncertain times. And I wish you all the best for you, your families, and your loved ones. And I hope that you'll join me next month when our topic will be boosting your brain through creativity. Until then, take care, beautiful people. A reminder to connect with me on social media, on LinkedIn at Alessandra Cavaluzzi, on Instagram at Alessandra Cavaluzzi, on Twitter at A Cavaluzzi, and I'm also on Facebook. But on Facebook, I'm under a million dollars in change. That's the name of my book. So that's where you can find me there. So let's connect. If you'd like to sign up for the Alessandra's Angle newsletter, you can go to my website, alessandracavaluzzi.com. Click on email updates to receive the latest newsletter. Or you can just drop me a line. Let me know what you think of the show and what you'd like to hear about in future episodes of this podcast. Until next time, remember, the journey to your new reality starts now. And you have to believe in order to achieve. So believe in yourself.